1: Hey, guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, indeed.
0: Uh, Yeah, 2022 is here. We're here. Yeah, It's here.
1: Yeah, and it's like, it's kind of weird because I feel like it just got here. Like, it's just here. Like, it just feels different. But it's okay. I'm fine with it. It's January, and I like January. This is the time of the year that I call the void <laughs> because i oh, feel like yeah. this just you know it's just at, right after all the holidays and all the hustle and bustle and everybody's been so busy and kind of just stressing out getting things together everybody's life has been in chaos especially that last week of december you know between christmas and new years and now we're in that time where it's like not a lot's going on it's a really good opportunity i feel like uh, for me anyway i try to look at it as a good opportunity to maybe pick up a new hobby or like just kind of focus on something else you know something within my own home a project or something (laughs) so yeah to keep me busy I love it so yeah I like January I like this time of year what about you Melissa
0: nice I do as well but I do this stupid thing where I'm like busy and then like Repaint my bathroom, do all those things like the yeah. last week of No, I do it before Christmas. Like all of a oh. sudden I think that's oh. the idea. I'm like, you know what I should do? I should add more to this so we can't even use this bathroom. And that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I know like my husband was like, Why don't you just wait until after? I'm like, I don't know, for some reason it's in my head, I can't get it out. I've got to finish it. And so I I applaud you for being better with your time management skills. I'm like, let's just do it all. Let's do everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was not a great idea. It's finished. So that's always good. But uh, never again until I, next year. Th-
1: yeah. No, I think for me, the reality of like all the things I didn't really do in December, you know, you kind of let some things yeah. go. And, and it's it's not that you let things go, but it's just that there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, oh, so it's yeah. just everything's always a mess. And so now you, you know, prioritize you prioritize everything. Yeah, yeah. So you wake up in January and then you're like, okay, I have to like do something about like all this chaos I created <laughs> you know over the last 30 days <laughs>
0: so. I know well, I think it's also we had two weeks off which welcome back if you're yes. coming back to us please or if you're Please, um, Please. <laughs> I'm pleading you now, pleading with you now. Um, but I think there's something with like having just that two weeks where I'm like, I got to get everything done because then it gets yeah. you know busy again. But yeah, yeah, this time of year, I'm um, you know we have new resolutions that'll come up in our last thing before we go, and it's a good it's a good time to restart, right? Refresh, yeah. restart, and uh, I okay. Last thing, why are we going on about this? My bad. Well,
1: we haven't talked to each other or to the audience for two weeks, so I I feel like we get a pass to ramble a little bit at the first episode of the year.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, anyway, I'm excited for a new year, even though it doesn't really mean anything. And I think even last year, I was like, who cares about a new year? This year, I actually kind of care, which is very different in personality for me. Um, I'm proud of you.
1: You've come a long way.
0: (laughs) It's growth. (laughs) Um, But we did talk to each other the other day because we played a game on Patreon, if you... uh, joined us thank you so much we did like the jackbox tv games with a couple listeners and uh miranda stephanie and ellen and other people were on the youtube channel and it was so much fun that was like such a great way to end the year love that we'll have to do something like that again because that was just it was hilarious it was it was really fun no none of us really knew how to play the game so automatic disadvantage but across the board (laughs) no one really knew (laughs) But the answers were funny. It was just a really cool thing to do. So, thank you guys for participating, and we'll have to do that again
1: um, sometime soon. Yeah, it sounds great. All right, Melissa, are you ready to get into our first episode of the new year? Yes, ma'am. All right. So whether you're the parents of teenagers or you just lived through being a teenager yourself, you probably know or remember what an emotionally tumultuous time those tough years can be. I know for me, I was a very dramatic teenager. Um, I don't think everybody's a dramatic teenager. I think I was a little extra, which... Probably surprises no one. Um, But there are, you know, there's growing pains associated with the experience of growing up and going through some of life's more difficult challenges. And one of the things that can really rock the hypothetical emotional boat for teenagers and young adults is that crazy little thing called love. There's a reason why the saying love will make you do crazy things exists, and it's one of the strongest emotions we experience as human beings, and it does in fact make us do all sorts of things we probably wouldn't do if we weren't blinded by this pixie dust in our eyes. When we're still young and just learning how to navigate these feelings, everything feels way more intense than it might actually be. Finding out that your significant other has been seeing someone else behind your back is heartbreaking at any age, but it can be doubly hard when we haven't yet learned the skills to cope with that type of situation. There are numerous reasons that cause a rivalry to break out between peers and jealousy is at the top of that list. It doesn't take long for most people to develop the sense that their romantic relationships are something to really be protected from others. And as such, it's common for animosity to develop when somebody feels like a third party is threatening a relationship that they value. And things get even more complicated when there's more than one third party, when there's a fourth party and a fifth well, party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of really gets things shaken up a bit. It was in the spring of 2009 that four young adults in Florida found themselves entangled in a messy love square that ended in tragedy.
0: We've all heard about or known that one person that seems to just have a way of attracting numerous prospective partners. It's the person who, despite being extremely charming, never really settles down and they always have their options open and they're always playing the field. And there's really nothing wrong with this approach uh, to dating and romance, as long as everyone you're seeing is aware that that's kind of how you roll. But in 2008, Josh Camacho was playing a risky game. Not only was he dating three women at the same time, but he kept the knowledge of his three girlfriends from each of them, leading them all to believe that they were the one true love that he was seeing. Doesn't this sound like it
1: would take so much mental just... Gymnastics. Strain? Yes, just to make this work. This sounds like way too much work. I'm way too tired so for anything work. like this.
0: <laughs> no, I know. I just can't imagine, like, I'll go through my phone and tell my husband, I'm like, I've texted, like, seven different people today, <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> tired, which is such a crazy thing, but, like, having full-fledged relationships with three people would take a lot of work and, uh, yeah, and and it could get very confusing. And I feel like you could get caught pretty quickly um, yeah. just by the sheer number. So one of these women was 18-year-old Sarah Ludeman, and for her, Josh was her first boyfriend and her first love. They had a bit of an on-again, off-again relationship where they would break up for a week or two, but then they would get right back together. But even during these breakups, they would still hang out together just as friends. But then in 2008, Josh sparked up a romance with a longtime classmate named Rachel Wade who had gone to school with him since as early as the first grade. It's not clear what exactly led to these two starting up a relationship after so many years, but some might speculate that it was because Josh stood to gain something from it. Rachel had recently started working full-time, and she was doing really well for herself. She had struggled through the last couple of years, and she had even dropped out of high school at the age of 16, but now at 18, she was ready to get her GED and make better choices. When Rachel and Josh started seeing each other she had no idea that he was still seeing Sarah Ludeman and that the two were more than just friends. Rachel believed that she and Josh were in this exclusive relationship and she actually invited him to move in with her and keep in mind they're like Between the ages of 18 and 20 at this point, like the goal, the thing you want to do is not be living at home. You want to be living on your own. So it's a huge deal. And so there are people that say that Josh really just wanted to move out. And that's why he was interested in Rachel. He knew she had her own place. And he thought, great, this is a good opportunity for me.
1: But it wasn't just Sarah and Rachel that Josh was having a relationship with. There was also another woman named Erin. Aaron wasn't just another girl from school that Josh knew. She was actually the mother of his child. Josh and Aaron had been in a rocky on-again, off-again relationship for quite some time, and Aaron gave birth to their baby around March of 2008. Since then, Josh had been leading her to believe as well that they were still a couple. Around the same time that his son was born was actually the same time that Josh met Sarah for the first time at the Chick-fil-A that he was working at at that time. Sarah was an only child, born on December 7, 1990, to parents Charlie and Gay, who had been married for 16 years before they were finally able to have a baby. Sarah's parents always called her their miracle baby, and they were very protective of her. She was extremely close to both of her parents throughout her childhood and into her young adult years. When she was a kid growing up, she would spend time with her dad riding around with him in his taxi, and they liked to go to hockey and baseball games together as well. She and her mom bonded through athletics. They actually ran marathons and triathlons together. Sarah lived a pretty wholesome life. She was an active Girl Scout even when she turned 18, and she participated in gymnastics, swimming, karate, flag football, and she was active in her church youth group. She had a strong and kind demeanor and was the kind of friend everybody wanted in their circle. She was very dependable, and she would always stand up for her friends. But at the same time, she was that friend who would tell you the truth for your own good. She never lied to people just to avoid hurting their feelings, but it always came from a place of genuine caring for those that right. she had in her life. She went to Christian Baptist Elementary School early in her education, and then she switched to a magnet school for the performing arts in middle school. For high school, Sarah went to Pinellas Park High, along with Josh and his other two girlfriends, Rachel and Aaron. So Josh, Rachel, and Aaron all knew each other from being in the same classes, but Sarah did not know Rachel and Aaron at all. So like all three of them go to the same school. Aaron and Rachel know each other. Sarah does not know these two. It just sounds very like I'm already stressed out just thinking about the dynamics of this.
0: So Rachel had a little bit of a different story than Sarah did. She was actually a Florida native. She was born in Largo on February 27th, 1990. She and her brother Ryan were by her parents, Barry and Janet. The family moved to Pinellas Park in 1994, where Rachel attended school and performed really well. She was on the honor roll all the time, and really the only negative thing that her teachers had to say about her was that she was maybe a bit too social. feel like one of us has also maybe heard this from a teacher.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was me. I was always the chatty Kathy in my classes. I was always the one getting in trouble for just talking, just talking too much. Yeah, you know, it's something that probably doesn't surprise anyone.
0: (laughs) No, but it reminds me of your son a little bit. I will never forget like the first time seeing him at like a performance thing that we went to or whatever and hearing him talk, like just hearing him ask questions. (laughs) Like I just I, I will always remember that day. It was so cute, but it was just like
1: that's the most social kid I've ever seen. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? He also gets in trouble at school for talking a lot. I believe it. (laughs) I I mean, he gets in trouble at school, but not at home with me because I'm like, I get it, kid. I get it. (laughs) One of her teachers actually described her as being
0: remarkable, eager, and ready to learn. She was always present in class. She worked really hard, and she had a positive attitude. And she was always willing to stay to help a classmate who needed it. But during her eighth grade year... Rachel's behavior took a turn, and socializing really became the priority for her over her studies. By the time she got to high school, she'd become interested in boys, and her main focus was far from being on schoolwork. All she really cared about was socializing, friends, and getting attention from guys. She really lost pretty much all interest in school. At the same time, she began to rebel against the rules her parents had laid out for her and she would just, you know, stay out past her curfew and was consistently really making poor choices. As we mentioned before, Rachel's downward spiral eventually led to her dropping out of school at the age of 16. She began to work a few part-time jobs, which her parents said was actually exactly what she wanted to be doing. She really wanted to work. So after a couple of years, Rachel got a full-time job as a server at Applebee's, and she was able to use this money to move into an apartment with a friend of hers, and then that's when she decided to get her GED. At this point in time, things really seemed to be looking up for Rachel, and her parents were really happy to see that she was starting to find her way, and she was really doing well and working to improve her life. Her co-workers really seemed to enjoy being around her, and they loved her sense of humor. Unfortunately, though, Rachel and her roommate had a disagreement and she decided to move out from there and to get her own apartment. Things were going really well for her until Rachel and Josh started dating in 2008. While unbeknownst to Rachel, Josh was already seeing these two other women. Rachel was taking the relationship seriously enough that she actually invited Josh to move in with her at her new place. This would end up being one of the worst decisions Rachel ever made. And we're going to get back into so many more details of this story after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. If you're like me and looking for a way to kick your morning makeup routine into high gear, look no further than Luminous and their new cordless airbrush system. Luminess is a completely touchless way to put on foundation fast and easy. It literally goes on with just air and it's made for your everyday application. Luminess has not only sped up my morning routine, but I'm also using so much less makeup than before while still getting
1: three times more coverage with 10 times less makeup. Luminess was made to work with all skin types and tones, and thanks to their clean and water-based foundation, it quickly and easily covers those fine lines, wrinkles, as well as concealing any imperfections, all while applying flawlessly in just seconds. Plus, it lasts for 18 hours, and it's available in 18 shades, so there's a color for every skin type. The Luminous Breeze
0: Cordless Airbrush System is now my baby. I simply add my foundation to the base, turn it on, and spray my face like I'm a Hadid or a Jenner, but with far less zeros in my bank account. The foundation feels like a cool mist going on, but it actually stays on all day, unlike how other foundations claim to do. And don't just take our word for it. Cosmopolitan raves that Luminous is their pick for overall best airbrush system and has over 50,000 five-star reviews. Plus, they are so sure that you'll love the product that they offer 100% shade match guarantee. So if it doesn't match, they'll replace it for free.
1: Whether you're updating your beauty routine because you're heading back to the office or just looking for a better, faster way to put on your foundation, we've got good news. Right now, if you go to breezeairbrush.com moms, you'll receive 50% off their airbrush makeup system plus free shipping. And because you're a listener, there's a special free gift included just for you. That's 50% off plus free shipping. When you go to breezeairbrush.com moms, Don't forget, you get 30 days to experience airbrush in your own home or send it back for a full refund. At this point, we all know the benefits of having plenty of fruits and veggies in our diet, but implementing that isn't always so easy. This year, to change that, I'm keeping my freezer stocked with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, flatbreads, smoothies, and more. And they're completely built on organic fruits and vegetables that are delivered right to your door and conveniently stay fresh in your freezer.
0: It's actually cool here in Florida today, so I pulled out my tomato and zucchini minestrone soup from the freezer, and within minutes, I had a filling meal that not only helped me increase my veggie intake for the day, but it was really delicious, and they never use any
1: preservatives, added sugar, or artificial anything. And that goes for everything. And Daily Harvest isn't just delicious for lunches or dinner. They have stuff for every time of day, including breakfast, desserts, and snacks. But I'm really loving their Harvest Bowls. Their new sweet potato and wild rice hash is what dreams are made of, and it's my new favorite. I'm always trying to add more sweet potatoes into my diet, and this is a delicious and easy way to do it. Plus, you can feel good with your purchase of Daily Harvest since they use recyclable and compostable packaging and invest in organic farming practices as well as reducing food waste, making you feel even better about purchasing from them.
0: Daily Harvest makes it easy to feel good about what I'm doing for myself and the planet. Go to dailyharvest.com slash moms to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash moms for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com slash moms. And now
1: back to the episode. So before the break, we were just introducing all of these people in our story. We have Josh Camacho, who is dating three different women. He has Rachel, Erin, and Sarah. He has a child with one of them. He just moved in with another one of them. And he's having this ongoing relationship with a third woman. So you can probably see where this is going straight into a lot of drama. As you can probably imagine, carrying on these three separate relationships and also keeping it a secret probably wouldn't be very easy to pull off, as we said before. But Josh was a charmer, and each of these women believed him when he said that they were his one and only. Friends of these women tried to warn them. Even friends of the women noticed how Josh was pretty much just mooching off of all of them. He was letting them buy him gifts like clothes and shoes and they were paying for his cell phone and much, much more. Since Josh was living with Rachel, he was able to see her pretty frequently, pretty much whenever he wanted. She was always there under the same roof. As for how he fit in these other women, Sarah had a curfew of 11 p.m. She was still in high school when they were dating, so he was limited to mostly daytime interactions with her. Erin, the woman who had Josh's child, was working two jobs, and so she was only available late at night, so after 11 p.m., so that worked out nicely for Josh. He was able to fit all these women in because of everybody's different schedules, But what's the saying about all good things coming to an end? If you can call any of this good things. I think we all knew that this arrangement wasn't going to last forever. And by mid 2008, things did start to come crashing down for Josh and this little fantasy land where he has all of these girlfriends. They all found out about each other. When Josh was exposed for his dishonesty and unfaithfulness, he ended up moving back in with his parents and out of Rachel's apartment. And you may be thinking that, None of these women wanted anything to do with him after they all found out about this, but on the contrary, they all continued to carry on some degree of a relationship with Josh, although all of these relationships remained on very rocky ground. Josh continued in this pattern of on-again, off-again relationships with each of these three women. Most of his time after, you know, all of this kind of went down, most of his time was spent with Sarah Ludeman, who, as we said, was the uh, youngest one. She was still in high school. According to Josh's sister, he and Sarah were always together, but she could never tell if they were actually dating or if they were just doing their were just friends thing. And other people who knew Josh and Sarah said kind of the same thing that they could never really tell when they were on and when right. they were off. Meanwhile, he was still seeing Rachel and Aaron on, you know, on his free time. Yeah. In his free time, I guess he How was do still you have seeing free some time to- at this point. I know. Point.
0: Yeah. Ugh. So unfortunately, instead of Josh's girlfriends getting mad at him, they all got mad at each other instead. A very bitter rivalry between the women was formed, but the hostility between Sarah and Rachel was especially bad. All of these women fought with each other over Josh and desperately tried to stake their claim on him. Josh claims that he actually never saw any of them as a serious girlfriend and thought they were all just quote unquote friends with benefits. But the girls said that they believed they were in an exclusive relationship with him. The feuding between Rachel and Sarah actually began online through social media. Rachel would post photos of herself and Josh together, and Sarah would leave comments to the effect of, leave my man alone, and, quote, you're an idiot for posting these. I'm dating Josh, (sighs) end quote. Man, can you imagine? MySpace did not come out when I was in high school. It was a little after. I can't imagine social media and dating. Like, this... I just have to say in in general,
1: yeah, I'm glad that I was not on social media before I was. Like, I just – I would not have been a good person as a social media teenager. (laughs) Like – I can already tell, like I just wouldn't, you know, so I'm very happy that I did not have that at my fingertips when I was that It's age.
0: hard. I feel terrible for kids now. Like that is just, I'm like, oh, this is forever guys. Like the internet is forever. I did see something about the internet being forever. And then somebody said like, uh, I saw like a reply that was like, really? Then where are my MySpace pictures? And I'm like, you yeah. know what? <laughs> that's true. That is true. I that is. <laughs> so Sarah would also call Rachel and say these same things. Like, why are you dating him? You're not dating him. I'm dating him. That sort of Eventually, this back and forth between them started happening over texts, calls, and voicemails. In one voicemail, Rachel said, quote, I'm guaranteeing you, I'm going to murder you, end quote. And that wasn't the only blatant death threat. In another voicemail, Rachel actually said, quote, I'm going to kill you, end quote. And she actually warned Sarah to watch her back. Rachel told Sarah that she was going to teach her a lesson. In another instance, after Sarah posted this photo of herself and Josh at the beach, Rachel leaves a comment in which she insulted Sarah and demanded to know why she would post such a photo. I feel like some of this could be resolved from like blocking each other. That's like my favorite button yeah. in the entire world. Block, follow, yeah. any of that. Yeah. But it's it's a lot the
1: age and, you know, just yeah, for the sure. drama. Like it's all just keeping this whole thing alive. And because all of them are so like impassioned about it, you know, like they're also yeah. in their feelings. And so it's just a lot of emotions flying at one time into you know, towards one same situation. So right. it's like, it's just too much, you know, it gets yeah. to a point where it's like, whoa, like everybody needs to just take a step back here and calm down.
0: Right. And there's probably some degree of that, like wanting him to see it and like, you know, I'll fight for you kind of thing. Like you're my man or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can see, you can see where all of this is going. So Rachel says that Sarah left her similar threatening voicemails, but claimed that she deleted them from her phone. So no one really knows the extent of it. As this fighting escalated, the women started to have in-person encounters. Eyewitnesses and police reports show that on July 2nd, 2008, Sarah and Aaron actually went to confront Josh together about the fact that he was still sleeping with both of them. Evidently, Josh actually punched Sarah in the face during this particular dispute. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Later in July, Rachel told the police that Sarah and some of her friends had followed Rachel around and shot Silly String at the car she was riding in. Sarah's version of the events that night was a little bit different. She said that it was Rachel's friend who had bumped her car, so Sarah then chased after them. A month later, Sarah went to the police and told them that Rachel had been harassing her and had called her 20 times in two hours regarding Josh. Rachel tells police that Sarah had sent her threatening emails as well. So this is just back and forth, back and forth, nonstop. I mean, this has to be, If it almost feels like it's less about love for this guy and more about just like anger towards one another. Like that's where it kind of became this like impassioned thing that they're just yeah. so upset.
1: Yeah. And I know probably you, Melissa, did not, I don't know, maybe you did, but like, Learning about this story and reading some of these details, like it almost takes me back to my teenage years and gives me, like, I feel anxiety thinking about like these girls doing these kind of things to harass each other, you know, chasing each other down in cars and with this silly string and all that. And I'm like, like, I just feel my like blood pressure rising and like my anxiety rising because I remember like being in situations where girls are just like, just like that, you know, so catty and so like just doing things to bother you and, like, you just want them to, like, stop and they will not stop. And so I, like, remember, like, being in those kind of situations and oh. I, I don't – I just don't like thinking back to that. I, yeah. I didn't, like, get in physical fights with people or anything, but, like, I definitely had just girls that were nasty, you know, like, yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth and would say, th- you know, passing notes that said mean things or whatever, you know, whatever it was at the time. It didn't have to be social media, but just right. this kind of behavior, you know, and yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh.
0: It's always just, been there. That's – yeah, that's always yeah. been there, The the – ways that it's expressed are just different. I know... I I wanted to be a part of the group that people didn't like because that meant you were popular. But
1: <laughs> I was not popular. <laughs> oh,
0: well, I definitely wasn't. None of this even. I remember seeing things like this, but was I a part of any of it? Absolutely not. I didn't have a <laughs> boyfriend until I was like twenty. So no, I, it was nobody was worried about this for me. So in addition to the things that we've already mentioned, Sarah and her friends would also go to the Applebee's where Rachel worked just to harass her, which is, oh, I don't understand that. That's like taking it so far. And so Aaron does the same thing as well. So Rachel's actually getting harassed at work by two different women and their friends. They would actually intentionally bump into Rachel while she's carrying a tray so that she would drop things on customers. And then they come in for things like karaoke night and seeing things like girl fight as a mean (laughs) of intimidating Rachel. I will say a karaoke fight is not
1: (laughs) not very intimidating.
0: Not as intimidating as you might think. So, um, and it wasn't just Rachel that was getting the brunt of this from all sides. Sarah and Aaron also got into a fistfight
1: over Josh in the spring of 2009. My gosh. So these fights continued to escalate between these women, and it seemed like Josh was really enjoying the show. He liked having these three women fighting over him, but everybody else was just watching it all and wondering what the heck made Josh so special that all these girls were willing to literally go to battle for him. He really brought nothing to the table. He seemed to be using all of them for these various things he needed and wanted, and he wasn't even nice to them. In high school, Rachel had been named the biggest flirt, and she never had any problem attracting boys. There's some that theorize that Josh may have been the first guy that she encountered that didn't really want her back in the same way, and that drove her to behave in these desperate ways to kind of secure his affection towards her. Sarah was actually, as we said, still in high school during all of this. But Josh was very conniving and manipulative. And he told the women that if they loved him, they would fight for him, which is just if anybody, if any man or woman ever says that to you, if any person ever says that to you and puts that qualifier like you will fight for me if you love me, like just run, just go the other direction. Yeah. Um, I mean, not like this, you know, not like fighting like this, like (laughs) like not like literally fighting people for... For a person like that's not how, this, you know, that's not good. No. So um, he didn't want these women, of course, to fight against him. He wanted no. them to fight each other, you know, and he just wanted them to all let him do whatever he wanted. But nobody ever expected that this feud would later take a deadly turn. On the morning of April 15th, 2009, Rachel, who was 19 at the time, was outside of her ex-boyfriend Javier's house when Sarah, who was 18, pulled up in her mom's minivan A fight broke out between Rachel and Sarah that ended with Sarah being fatally stabbed twice in the chest. Mm. The stories about exactly what happened that morning are conflicting, but here's what Rachel told the police. Officers arrived on the scene and Rachel said that she had fought with Sarah, but did not mention that there was a knife involved or that anybody was stabbed. When the officers informed Rachel that Sarah was actually dead, she broke down crying and told them that on the previous day... Josh told her he was going to be spending the night with her, and the implication was that they were going to be having sex that night. Rachel said that later on when it got dark out, she started getting these calls from a private number, and she was home alone at the time, so she was a little freaked out. She didn't know who these calls were coming from, and she wanted to answer one just to make sure that it wasn't Josh, but she was surprised and obviously very unhappy to hear that it was not Josh. It was actually Sarah on the other end. She said that Sarah told her she was outside of her apartment, and Rachel said that she got up and she couldn't see anybody, but she did hear a car beeping, and she could hear the sound of women screaming outside, which made her believe that you know Sarah and her yeah. friends really were out there, and she felt really nervous and paranoid. So she called her ex-boyfriend, Javier, who she was still really good friends with, and you know was just like, hey, I'm a little scared. These girls are harassing me. I'm home by myself. You know, Rachel said to the officers that she didn't anticipate that Sarah would ever find her at Javier's house. And since Javier was, you know, aware of this ongoing situation between Rachel and Josh and Sarah and Aaron, Rachel thought that Javier would be a good person to comfort her in this time. So Javier told Rachel to come over and they would get something to eat and Rachel could hang out, you know, at his place and calm down a little bit. So before Rachel leaves her house to go over there, she grabs a kitchen knife from the knife block in her own kitchen and takes it with her. Her thought process behind all of this was that if Sarah and her friends did try to approach her, they would see that she had a knife and either be satisfied enough that Rachel was truly scared or they would be scared themselves so they would leave her alone. Either way, she thought the knife would be a good deterrent from escalating the situation, which obviously, as we know... It's never a good idea to bring a weapon. Like, it's not going to de-escalate anything. (laughs) So (laughs) It's not a good idea. Yeah. So Rachel then drove over to Javier's place where he was waiting for her there with his friend, Dustin, who was already over there hanging out that night. Rachel was allegedly a mess when she arrived. She was crying, shaking. She was really scared. And she just couldn't keep herself together. But she continued to talk on the phone and kind of have this back and forth with Sarah despite how much turmoil it was causing.
0: At some point after midnight, Rachel, Javier, and Dustin were outside standing behind Rachel's car talking when a car slowly crept up and then suddenly started speeding up and swerved to hit Rachel, but Javier was able to grab her out of the way. And then this car just drives off. So after this happened, Rachel became very upset and she opens up her car to grab that knife that she had brought with her. At this point, Javier is basically like not really wanting to be involved in any of this. And so he goes inside to grab his car keys because he wants to get out of this whole situation fast. Like he can see this is not heading in a good direction. And so his plan was really to get Rachel in the car and just drive somewhere else. If Sarah knows where they are now, then let's just go somewhere else. And honestly, props to Javier. Kudos to him for
1: being like, "Um, no, we're not going to do this. These girls are not going to come to my house and start this brawl out here. You know, he was really thinking like... Okay, we have to get out of here.
0: Right. Yo, very smart. So Rachel had set the knife down on the back of her car while she waited for Javier to come back down with his keys. But then Sarah, who was driving her mom's minivan, came speeding around the corner and came to a screeching halt in front of where Rachel was parked. Rachel said she just continued to sit on the hood of her car, and she tried to ignore Sarah, but Sarah gets out of the van and walks around to the front, and then the two other girls got out of the van, and those two girls were Josh's sister Janet and Janet's roommate. At this point, according to Rachel, Sarah just pounces on her. She grabs her hair, causing Rachel to slide off the hood of her car, and then she says that Sarah punched her three times in the head. So Rachel said that she just grabbed the knife and brandished it to all three women who were threatening her in hopes that it would just make them stop. But Sarah kept on hitting her. This is all according to Rachel. So Rachel says that she's scared that the three women were going to beat her to death and she said things were obviously very, very chaotic. She also says that she didn't mean to stab or kill Sarah, but that's exactly what happened. After Sarah had been stabbed, Janet began attacking Rachel, but Rachel didn't fight back because she said that she didn't want to hurt anyone else. Janet eventually stopped trying to attack Rachel and went to check on her sister, but when she realized that Sarah had been seriously injured, she went back to beating Rachel up. When Janet finally stops, Rachel goes back up to Javier's house, throws a knife up onto a neighboring roof, and sits on a bench while she waits for the police to show up. Wow. Total chaos.
1: Yeah. So Javier and his friend Dustin had a very similar story as Rachel with just a few more details. Dustin said that earlier in the night before the first incident where the car swerved to hit Rachel and before Sarah showed up in the van, Rachel actually asked for directions to Josh's sister's house. And keep in mind, Josh's sister was part of the crew that showed up in the van. So they're all involved in this. So then she, Rachel, left for a little while before she returned to Javier's house that night. Dustin also said that he heard Rachel say, quote, I will kill that bleep, 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 bleep. You can kind of guess what she said. She was going off. Um, So Rachel claims that she never left Javier's place that night. And Javier never said that she did either. But the story that Janet, who's Josh's sister, gave to the police, kind of changes your opinion, maybe leads you to believe that Rachel actually Mm -hmm. did leave and go over there at some point before this attack happened. So Janet said that it was before midnight, but she was in her own driveway when she spotted Rachel parked near a stop sign. And when Janet started walking over to confront her, Rachel just drove off. According to Janet, Rachel was really scared of her and she would know better than to start anything while Janet was around. But according to Rachel, anytime there was an issue between her and Josh, his sister Janet would get in the middle of it and would then harass and threaten Rachel. So Rachel doesn't get along with Janet either, Josh's sister, you know, in addition to not getting along with these other girlfriends. So Janet often told Josh that Rachel was just really a bad influence on him. And likewise, she would tell Rachel to stay away from her brother, you know, kind of this or else situation. So it wasn't until later that Janet found out why Rachel was parked at the stop sign in the first place. And it was because, as we said before, she was under the impression that her and Josh were going to be hanging out that night. And when he didn't show up, she thought maybe Josh was hanging out with Sarah. And they always commonly hung out at Janet's house. So that's why she went there, just to see if Josh and Sarah were at Janet's house. So while Rachel was parked at the stop sign, she actually texted Josh and said, quote, now I know why you're not talking to me, because you got her, end quote. And Josh responded with... That's right. I don't like you no more. Why are you down this street? Go home. Rachel replied, No, I'll wait for her to go home. Janet and her roommate and Sarah all decide that they want to go to McDonald's and get something to eat. So as they were driving to McDonald's, they were in Sarah's mom's minivan, and Rachel called while they were on the way and started threatening Sarah over the phone. She said, quote, I'm going to stab you and your Mexican boyfriend, end quote. Rachel kept saying things like, I'm at your house, I'm on the corner, I'm going to wait for you, you know, be ready for me when you get home, just all these threatening things. So this, of course, scares Sarah. So instead of going to McDonald's, she decided to drive by her own house, like she just kind of took a lap around and drove by her house just to see if Rachel, you know, was really there. And when she saw that she wasn't, she said, you know, so where are you at then? So Rachel just kept saying she was going to be waiting and, you know keep your one eye open, you know, just kind of these threatening statements. According to Janet, who, as we said, was Josh's sister, Sarah felt like Rachel just was not going to stop this unless they confronted her. So they decided to go find Rachel and put an end to all of this once and for all. By sheer coincidence, while Sarah was out looking around for Rachel, another friend of hers named Ashley pulled up next to her at a four-way stop and told Sarah that she had actually just seen Rachel at Javier's house. Sarah was shaking at this point and she said that she was just done with the drama and she was going to go over to Javier's right then and confront Rachel.
0: Sarah then started driving with a lead foot. She was speeding and taking sharp turns just to get to Javier's house. When she got closer, she abruptly stopped the car in the middle of the street about five feet away from where Rachel, Javier, and Dustin were standing outside talking. Janet said that Rachel walked right up to Sarah's car with the knife in her hand at the same time as Sarah getting out of the van and the two just met outside of the driver's door where a physical fight immediately ensued. Janet and her roommate were still inside the minivan and they could only see hair flying and arms flailing and then after just a few seconds, Rachel turned around and started walking back to her parked car. Janet said that Sarah screamed, quote, we've got to go, end quote, and tried to get back into the van, but she actually collapsed to the ground before she could get in. No one realized at this point, though, that Sarah had been stabbed. Meanwhile, Janet gets out of the car and she wants to fight Rachel herself, but her roommate steps in and holds her back. Janet then takes off her flip-flop and starts hitting Rachel with it, but Rachel really just laid there not fighting back and said, I'm done. As Rachel and Janet were fighting, Janet's roommate turned to look back towards the van and realized that Sarah wasn't standing there. She had collapsed and she was on the ground. She realized that Sarah had been stabbed at this point and so she starts screaming. Janet then stops beating Rachel with the flip-flop and goes to check on Sarah. Upon realizing that Sarah had been critically injured, Janet ran towards Rachel yelling, You stabbed Sarah! She actually grabbed Rachel's hair and starts hitting her. Rachel still had the knife in her hand at this point, but she didn't try to use it on Janet. Janet's roommate broke up the fight and Rachel walked towards Javier's house and she tossed the knife onto a roof nearby, sits on the bench, waits for the police. Josh has no idea what just happened, and he had no clue that Sarah had even left Janet's house, let alone that she went to confront Rachel that night. And there's still so many more details to get into after one last break to hear word from this week's sponsors. So much of eating healthier is just planning. But if you're like me, planning isn't really my strong suit. And while I'm wanting to eat better, sometimes I just haven't planned for it. But thanks to Monk Pack, I can eat better and actually enjoy it with their low sugar, keto-friendly bars that are plant-based, gluten-free, and non-GMO. But if you're like me, and sometimes you hear that string of words and think, oh great, that sounds good for me, but I bet it tastes terribly.
1: Wrong. Monk Packs are delicious bars with an amazing chewy texture that come in delicious flavors like my favorite, coconut cocoa chip. Actually, I think my favorite is sea salt dark chocolate or maybe caramel sea salt. Okay, the truth is, like my children, they are all my favorites, and I haven't found one that I didn't immediately love. Monk Bars are also keto-friendly, gluten-free,
0: plant-based, and non-GMO with no sugar, alcohol, soy, or artificial colors. I actually just had the Coconut Almond Dark Chocolate Bar right before recording, and it feels a little illegal to eat something this good. I love them so much that I've already ordered another pack to have on hand or to grab before recordings or just a snack before I head to the grocery store. Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason they'll exchange the product or refund your money
1: whichever you prefer. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com/moms and entering our code moms at checkout. To get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M U N K P A C K.com and select any product. Then enter the code moms at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. If you've been considering learning a new language in the new year, but you were looking for a sign, well, consider this your sign. Babbel is an amazing language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions and it's easy to see why. Babbel teaches you in these easy to digest bite-sized language lessons that are designed for real world use. So you can actually become fluent in a language and not just know buzzwords to fake
0: your way through it. I took Spanish in high school some 20-plus years ago, and I remember almost nothing. During those classes, it was all about conjugating verbs and memorizing words for tests, but Babbel is nothing like this. What I love about Babbel is not only could I pick from one of 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German, but in addition to the lessons I can take, I can also access things like games, videos, stories, live classes, and even podcasts. With these 15-minute lessons, Babbel can help me take the world by Los Cuernos, which is Spanish for the horns. See, I'm already learning. If your new year's resolution is to travel more for this year, try Babbel on for size to help you feel more confident in your decision. Plus Babbel comes with a 20 day money back guarantee.
1: Right now, when you purchase a three month Babbel subscription you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code moms. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code moms. Babbel, language for life.
0: Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home?
1: Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply.
0: And now back
1: to the episode. Okay, so before the break, we have been talking about this love square between Josh Camacho and his three girlfriends and the rivalry that it has caused among these women. After over a year of hostility, things have finally come to a head for two of the women rachel wade and sarah ludeman they found themselves in a deadly and chaotic confrontation where sarah was stabbed by rachel so we described in detail just how frenzied this whole thing was between sarah and rachel and the numerous witnesses who were there that night after the police heard everyone's version of the story they decided to arrest rachel and she was charged with second degree murder. According to her attorney, she did not want to take a plea deal. She wanted to testify to her side of the story, which was that she was acting in self-defense when the stabbing occurred. Rachel went to trial on July 20th, 2010. The prosecutors rejected her self-defense argument, and they pointed out that Rachel had the forethought to bring the knife from her kitchen in the first place, so that ruled out the possibility that the murder was purely an act of self-defense, you know, an in-the-heat-of-the-moment type of killing. They said that Rachel went to Janet's house where she knew Josh and Sarah were hanging out that night. And then she proceeded to antagonize Sarah all night until Sarah finally had enough and tracked her down to Javier's house. Prosecutors argued that Rachel never went to Javier's house because she felt safer there. They said that she actually went there because he lived in the same neighborhood as Sarah. So she was going to be closer to harass Sarah. Hmm. They said that if Rachel truly wanted to just be safer, she would have actually gone inside of Javier's house and not just been hanging out on the driveway just waiting for anything to happen. They used the testimony of Janet and her roommate to explain how Sarah died. They said that as soon as Sarah stopped the van in front of Rachel, Rachel grabbed the knife and went right in for the attack. The prosecution said that the stabbing was swift and purposeful and that it would have been difficult for Rachel to stab Sarah the way she did because of the amount of force that it would take. They said it would be nearly impossible for it to be an accident that she stabbed her that hard. Personally, I have thoughts on this. You know, it sounds like it was a very high alert kind of situation going on. There was a lot going on. And adrenaline, you hear about adrenaline making people do the craziest things and giving them more strength than what they think they have. People can lift
0: cars off their kids. Like, things happen.
1: And so if you have these girls and they are all, you know, they're all on high alert. They're all feeling like they're about to be attacked and seriously injured. Right. I don't think it's it's that crazy to think that like if somebody was holding a knife like I don't think it's that crazy to think that that knife could land somewhere that maybe they didn't intend I'm not saying that's what happened in this case I'm just saying I don't think it's impossible that she could have stabbed her in this type of altercation right so the prosecutors also allege that if Rachel had been acting in self-defense that night she would have tried to stab Janet as well since Janet was also attacking her Something to note here is that Rachel actually was genuinely scared of Janet, like we said before, and she would have more of a reason to fear her than Sarah. The prosecutor said that she didn't try to fight Janet back because she didn't have the hatred towards her that she had for Sarah, though.
0: I kind of disagree with that, though. I think that, like, she just did not realize that was, you know, one option is that she just didn't realize that was going to happen, realizing what she's just gone through and what's happened and she's just done. Like,
1: she's freaked out.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So they asked why then if Rachel was truly acting in self-defense, why did she throw the knife on the top of the roof in an attempt to hide it and then lie to the police about what happened that night? Again, I feel like their age also plays a lot in this. And she's just thinking like – and. I mean, I don't know. If that was a situation I was in, I would also want to get the knife out of the way of other people. You know, like I'd be like, okay, this needs to not be like a thing that's in the situation right now because obviously things have taken a turn for like a really bad way and we need to like get rid of this. Get it away. I don't think throwing it on the roof was like the worst, you know. No, I don't think it was like a hiding thing. That is
0: very easy to find. As for the defense, they focus their case on the stories of Rachel, Dustin, and Javier. They said that Rachel, quote unquote, stood her ground, which in Florida is a thing. It means that someone has no duty to retreat and may use deadly force when they have reason to believe they are in great bodily harm. A lot of people have a misconception that standard ground only applies to situations within your residence, within your house, but this is actually applicable anywhere. So for example, if someone's robbed at gunpoint in a public parking lot and the victim then pulls out a gun and shoots the attacker in self-defense instead of trying to flee, that's actually legal in Florida. There is no duty to try and get away before using deadly force against someone threatening your life. So Rachel's defense team really took this angle for her trial. They tried to say that Rachel was defending herself after Sarah decided to hunt her down. The defense said that on the night of the stabbing, the first car that came down the street and tried to hit Rachel wasn't actually Sarah. It was her friend Ashley, that one at the four-way stop, that actually told Sarah where to find Rachel. She knew where to find her because she had just been the one to try and run her over. Oh my gosh. The defense alleged that Rachel only showed the woman the knife in hopes that it would scare them away and that they wouldn't try to fight her that night, but Sarah did attack Rachel and the defense said that Sarah got stabbed in the chaos by accident. They said she had no idea she had even stabbed Sarah in the chest until Jana and her roommate were screaming that Sarah had been stabbed. Rachel testified that she looked down and she saw blood, but she didn't know who had been stabbed or where they had been stabbed and she had no recollection of stabbing anyone herself. She said she didn't use the knife on Janet because she had already seen that there was blood on the knife. It freaked her out and she didn't want to hurt anyone. She then threw the knife on the roof so that no one else could get a hold of it. I can buy pretty much the entire defense. Like, yeah, that all too. makes a lot of sense to me, me at, too. at that age.
1: Yeah. So Josh did testify at the trial, but he wasn't very helpful or cooperative. Shocker. He testified that he just didn't remember to almost mm. every single question that he was asked. How convenient for him. So on July 23rd, 2010, the jury deliberated for two and a half hours before finding Rachel guilty of second degree murder. On September the 3rd, 2010, Rachel's sentencing hearing was held. At the sentencing, Rachel told the judge that she was very remorseful for what she did. She still maintained that she acted in self-defense, but admitted that she should have never bullied Sarah over a worthless guy in the first place. She said that she wants to speak to teenagers now about cyberbullying and explain that it can go too far. When Sarah's mom spoke, she said that Rachel was not remorseful, though, that this was all just an act. She said Rachel had been bragging to people in jail about how she had killed Sarah and said that Sarah deserved to die, which... We don't know if that's true. Of course, that's, you know, and obviously Sarah's family is very hurt. You know, we mentioned in the beginning that her parents could not have a baby and they tried for 16 years and this was their miracle baby, you know, and this is their daughter. And no matter what kind of, you know, feuding and, you know, teenage, you know, drama and stuff like nobody deserves to die or to lose their no. child. And in and, and something like this, especially, it's very, very heartbreaking. So I can understand Sarah's parents maybe being a little slower to forgive in this kind of a situation, you know, and so we're never
0: doing it, like, we're I, never doing it. Yeah, yeah, you can understand how like, that's their whole world. And it doesn't matter really what happened. They no longer have
1: her. Right, exactly. So because Rachel was under 21 years old when she committed the murder, the judge could have sentenced her to just time served, but he didn't have to sentence her as a youth offender since she was not charged um, as a youth, of course. So that meant that the judge could sentence her from anywhere from 25 and a half years all the way up to life. The judge decided to sentence Rachel to 27 years, and he cited a multitude of reasons. He agreed with the jury that Rachel meant to kill Sarah, But on the other hand, Sarah did drive to Javier's, which showed that she was also a willing participant in the fight. And, you know, she willingly went to the scene. And Rachel was 19 years old when this murder occurred. So they argued that her brain was not yet fully developed and that she was immature. All of Rachel's appeals in this case have actually been denied. She is currently incarcerated in the Florida Women's Reception Center in Ocala. And her current release date is December 28th, 2032. Wow. Yeah. This story is really tragic and sad. And I think as, you know, a mom, like we have teenagers, you know, we're starting to get into that age where we have to kind of help our kids navigate these kind of right. situations, like with their peers and friends and boyfriends and girlfriends and relationships. And I'm terrified, Melissa, of going into teenagers I know. with my kids.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, it is funny because like, I definitely did not understand it before my you know daughter was getting to this age and I still don't like we're at the very beginning of it but it is a whole different world and it's totally different from little kids and toddlers and you know all this like the emotions are bigger the feelings are bigger the uh explaining it to somebody <laughs> thing like yeah. there's a disconnect there you know there's an immaturity but they think they're older there's a lot to navigate with this yeah. so i like these families I can't imagine what they've all gone through. It is interesting, like from the prosecution's point, one thing that they say that does stick out to me is that she could have gone inside the, the apartment and yeah. and she didn't. Yeah. And so that almost sounds like you're waiting to confront whether she, I don't necessarily, I personally don't know that she necessarily went there with the intention to kill. I think it was like a threatening, like, oh, really, you're going to do that? Well, I have a knife. Right. And then it just, you know, but you... It, somebody died, you know, you killed somebody, you have to pay the price for that. So right, man, it's just really sad all the way around. Because if you take the same
1: scenario and have them all 10 years older, I don't think any of it wouldn't go down that way. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, super sad. Very, very sad. Yeah. All right, Melissa, that was our story for this week, our very first episode of 2022. I'm ready to do our last thing before we go and talk about, I guess, resolutions. Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) So
0: I just asked you a couple. I don't know if this is what you ended up doing. Tell me if I'm wrong. We just did a few categories for resolutions, something you want to do this year, something you want your family to do, something you want to stop doing, something you wish the world would do. Um, Besides like the really big things like the beauty pageant, like world peace, because, you know, (laughs) we're just two people. Okay, so Mandy, what's something you want to do this year? Like what's your New Year's resolution?
1: Okay, so first of all, I just want to start by saying that I don't really make resolutions. I never really have. Like, I have tried in the past, but then I always end up feeling crappy if I don't stick to them. You feel like a failure and yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you are out there listening and you're like me and you don't really like to make resolutions, I feel like that's okay. Like it's okay to just yeah. have goals and to just say, you know what? There are certain things I really would like to do this year and would like to accomplish and it's fine to work towards that. But like don't put that kind of pressure, no pressure. on yourself to say, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I There are things I want to do, but I don't resolve to do any of them. <laughs> you no, know? Like, but it is something with the new year where you're like, okay, this is a new mindset. Like
0: it doesn't change anything. It's just one right. day. But exactly. there is something about like on a calendar year being like, okay, I want to try this. I, I yeah. do. We get that, but yeah, no yeah. pressure on anything
1: exactly. Exactly. So, I have a couple of goals, and they are all, they kind of all do go together with each other. And I think that you will find this one very, very funny. Okay, and um, hopefully, you will enjoy enjoy this journey. Um, so, something that I decided I want to do this year is I want to by December, I want to be dancing on roller skates. Now, let me tell you why this is funny. <gasps> I can neither dance nor roller skate. <laughs> <laughs> So um I did get a pair of skates for Christmas. Yeah. My husband got me a really nice pair of roller skates. I love them. I have been on them a couple of times. I am getting the hang of balancing, but I'm very glad that I have 12 months to learn how to do more than just balance. Um because I, I have set the goal for myself now to be dancing on I want to do a dance on roller skates by December. So that's that's a goal. That is a goal. It's is a very this gonna lofty goal. Is going to be like
0: Patreon <laughs> exclusive uh stuff like to see your recital? Possibly. Um, hey, oh my maybe gosh. we could do that. Yeah, maybe we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. I uh, feel very silly with my goals for this year. <laughs> uh, my first one is to um, clean the toilets and make the bed
1: every day. Like those are every very- Every day? That's like harder than ro- learning how to ro- dance roller skates.
0: <laughs> no, if you, if you clean the toilet every day, I saw this on TikTok. If you do it every day, it takes
1: like five seconds.
0: It's so fast because it's never- So what do you mean. just like-
1: you're putting like yes. actual cleaner every day. I feel like I, I feel like I would go through so much bathroom cleaner if I do that.
0: Well, you can like spray it. So I'm spraying it and I have like a whole thing to do, but it's, it's, I can get all of this done in under five minutes and I feel so accomplished. It's such huh. a silly thing, but like making my bed means I want my room to stay clean. Like just something about yeah. it. I know that's always been like a weird thing. So I've been doing this Technically, I've been doing this for like two weeks and it does start my day off so nicely. Like it's such a small, stupid thing, but I'm like, my bathroom seems clean and my uh, bed is made so little, but I love it's no dancing on roller skates. Let me know Patreon if you would like an exclusive (laughs) look at me cleaning my toilets. (laughs) It won't be as fun. Do you have any more that you want to do for this year?
1: Um. Just for me, myself, I mean, I have like personal goals, you know, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, none that I really feel like I need to share with the entire world. <laughs> Fine.
0: OK, let's go to the next one. What's a goal you want your family to have or something you want your family to do in the new year?
1: What? How about you? Why
0: don't you? OK, take I'll go first. OK, so um, mine is wait until you're finished with your meal before you complain, because I will spend so much time <laughs> cooking something. And within five seconds, somebody's like, I don't like this. Oh, mom, you know, I don't like when you put like meat with the sauce or whatever. And like, right. just finish it. And then you can critique me after. But like, let's lie in the moment. I'm okay with lying in the moment. That's fine. Let's do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like as a family in my house, I think we all have several things that we need to work on. Um, you know, my house is a little bit chaotic. It's It's a little chaotic sometimes. I feel like we're a little disorganized as a family. And so I have even for the last, like, couple of years, I've been saying, like, I have to get better. We have to get more organized. We have to get, like, right. just on, you know, and it's not that we don't have a schedule, but I feel like we kind of don't have a schedule, you know. I, oh, I know. We're the same Especially, one. yeah, and especially because, you know, us doing the podcast and we're home and it's, like, I kind of work on a on a strange schedule I don't always do my work at the same time every day and it's like there's you know week to week my schedule just changes I just do whatever I can when I can and I feel like that kind of spills over into the rest of my life where it's a little bit disorganized and so that as a family I feel like we need to get better organized and we need to kind of because I feel like I'm passing this trait on to my children right I'm the same way (laughs) I notice that my kids are very like they can't like sometimes and then I get upset with them when they can't find certain things of theirs stop being me yeah and I'm like I'm like why don't you know where your stuff is but then I'm like okay, you also don't know where any of this is. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you don't have time to help them look for their stuff because you're too busy yeah. looking for yours. <laughs> yeah. So um, coming up with some like storage solutions maybe to like yeah. keep some of our things and just kind of going through and organizing and just having really more of a place for everything than what we do right now totally. and just generally getting more organized mentally and like literally with things being more organized. But like, I feel like we all struggle with that in my house. So that is yeah. a goal I have for my family.
0: That's a good one. I organized our like our hall closet a few weeks ago or maybe like a month or two ago and it stayed organized. Like, you know, there's a couple of things out of place, but I love knowing where everything goes and like I know where the batteries are now. I just know where they are. When we're yeah. running low. I'll get some more. Like it's yeah. <laughs> so nice. It's not as chaotic, but like that's like one thing. And so for me in my head, I'm like, I will keep this organized you know, look at the other drawers, whatever. But this one is like my, my little prize. Okay. I like those. So, uh, Mandy, what's something you want to stop
1: doing? (sighs) So many things. (laughs) I know, right? I really tried to have funny answers, um, for some of these, but you know what? I don't, I'm just this not in a, I know I'm just not in a funny mood right now. I'm just feeling very like serious and reflective over like the last <laughs> couple of years. And so I honestly had, you know, and sometimes I feel like it's fine to like say, to let people know like what's going on in your life. I had kind of a rough year, 2021, right? right? Like personally, I had like people that left my life that I wasn't expecting, you know, to like lose right, right. as friends and things like that. So I feel like 2022 for me, I want to just stop being so concerned with other people, you know, if other people are not on my team and not playing for me and not on my side like I don't have to keep them in my life I can still be happy for people from afar and just you know want good things for them but without having them in my life so that's a big lesson I feel like I'm going to be learning in 2022 yeah just kind of letting go of the weight of other people's opinions you know that don't really have any basis on your actual life and not letting it affect you you know to the way that to the way that I did in 2021 so I feel like it's a that's very a good deep one. and heavy um, response, but that's kind of where I'm going with that one. <laughs>
0: it's, it's true. Okay, so then mine uh, is comparing my life to other people's on social media. I hate Facebook, you know that. I hate Instagram. TikTok actually has a lot of, hot mess people on there. Somebody told me that. And so I downloaded it and I'm like, oh yeah, I can follow these people. Their houses look worse than mine, Um, but not in like a mean way. But like, I have a hard time whenever I look at Christmas and my Christmas is chaotic and my son's been crying since it started. And, you know, I realized the thing I got my daughter, she didn't really want, but she was great about it. She was very kind about it. But like, I realized like, oh, why did I do that kind of thing? And it just doesn't turn out how you want. And then I'll look at Facebook and I'm like, how the crap are these people all smiling and everybody looks happy and like everybody even gets in a picture. We didn't even get a picture. And I'm like, dang. And then immediately I feel less than because I don't have that to give to my kids. You know, my family doesn't have that. And so especially having my son, I love him to death. But it, it makes my life a lot more complicated than right. it did with just my daughter. So it's, it's a lot – like it's a lot of weight to carry on to look at social media and to think, oh my gosh, I don't have that. But I always try to remember like people are showing you their best times. They're not showing you their worst times or, you know, like there are hard times. And yeah. I feel the opposite about social media. I want to show like <laughs> the nonsense because I feel like that's um, – because that's what I need to see. I need to see that I'm not the only
1: one alone in feeling like overwhelmed and crazy and all those things. So you know who I love that does our old third mom, Stacy, she always is sharing in uh, the Facebook group for the podcast. She does. um, I love her so much. She's always posting pictures of her, like, you know, her her real life, her just the way that her house actually looks and, you know, just the way that her family is. And she, just constantly is reminding people and moms especially that it's okay if you have, um, you know, these things going on around you. Like, it is not a big deal if you have in the background of your photos, there's a pile of laundry. Like, right. you know, take pictures of your kids. Enjoy your kids. Don't make it about, like, looking great on social media all the time. And, like, yeah. you know, real it's people so have. so true. Yeah. And, like, you know, people don't have fully organized lives 24-7. Like, that's just not reality um you know and some people might make it might seem that way on some you know way people portray themselves online but it's not the reality and I love that she goes out out of her way to like really make sure she reminds us of that all the time
0: for sure I um her and I talk some and I will like send her pictures of my house she'll send picture you know like this is what I'm tackling today or whatever just like because it is so real like it's just like I'm not the only one who um has this whole like pile in a corner that's growing of clean clothes, but we just haven't put them up yet. Or, you know, whatever, like, I'm just tired of doing this or that. Or um, somebody immediately spills a drink on the floor after you've cleaned it, like all real things. But like, you don't always see that. So my goal is to try, try, because it's, it's going to be like a choice all the time to stop comparing my life to other people's lives on social media I'm not like a I'm jealous of you kind of thing but it is kind of like I feel defeated and that's kind of where it's like I can be happy for somebody else but still feel sad for myself and I don't want to do that I want to just be happy for you happy
1: for me and live my life for sure. I Why
0: did this. this get so deep, Mandy? I okay. Know.
1: Wow, we are really going we are really going for it this time. <laughs> We've changed a lot in a year. Okay. We, have, we are really opening up to all of the <laughs> listeners.
0: <laughs> all right, Mandy, what is something you wish the world would do besides like I said world peace, anything like that, which is all great things.
1: Gosh, I don't know. I feel like we kind of covered that one in our very long-winded yeah. response. Yeah. I know. One. Okay, so I have I do have one actually. Okay, good. Something that I think that would make every single persons life better um and all across the world. I really think and this is kind of a actually a serious one. I feel like people just work too much. I feel like we need to figure out a way and I feel like some places do implement a four uh, day work week where they have yeah. always 3 days off every week and I feel like that should be a, just a thing across the board. I want to know who decided that everybody has to go to work 5 days a week. That's so many days out of the week to go to work. I know. And to have to work and like it People don't have time to spend with their families. They don't have time to spend doing things that they actually enjoy doing, that they want to do, learning hobbies, just enjoying life and like, The older I get, the more I realize, like, I'm like, I know I am not on this planet just to, like, work, 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 and then die and, like, never do anything. And, like, that's the situation that so many people find themselves in. It's like they're just working their life away, not having the time to go and enjoy things and just get outside and spend time with their families and spend time with their friends and, you know, go to – travel to different places, see different things, try different things because you just don't have time and you're so exhausted from working five days a week. (laughs) So I feel like if we could figure out a way, like, that it was actually doable for – Four day weeks to be a thing where it's just everybody goes to school four days a week, everybody goes to work four days a week, and then you have three days off. That would be that would be my ideal change for the world. Well,
0: <laughs> listen, Mandy, other people could learn to xanadu do with you and skate and <laughs> dance if it was a four-day work week. Exactly. I'm obsessed with this idea. Okay, I love it so much. That is such a fun goal. I have truly never heard of anybody coming up with it. I've heard of people wanting to skate. And dance. I've never heard of somebody saying my
1: goal is to do both, and I think that's awesome. That is a great fun thing for twenty twenty two. I love it. It's so fun, right? So, because well, it actually stemmed from before the roller skating. Well, I always knew I wanted to skate. So I've I've mentioned before that like my husband is a really big skateboarder. He has like a ton of skateboards, and my um, two boys, of course, are really into skating, scootering. Riding bikes, all right. that stuff. So we're always at skate parks and different things. So I already thought, like, I really want—I cannot skateboard. By the way, I've tried. Me either. I've tried. Cannot do it. It's terrible. So I was like, well, maybe I can roller skate. You know, I really want to be able to go to the park with them and not just sit there on the side. Like, I want to actually be able to skate. So I was like, I need to learn how to roller skate. So that's where it started. But before that, I got really invested into watching people shuffle dancing on TikTok. I don't know if you know what that is. What it's is a style that? of dancing. You have to go watch it. It's mesmerizing, right? And so. I, my toxic trait is thinking I can do everything I see on TikTok <laughs> myself. <And laughs> so... I like totally um, thought that shuffle dancing would be easy. They make it look so easy. Oh. turns out it's not. It's probably hysterical to watch me try to do this. Oh, um, is it the
0: thing where you like literally are shuffling just back and you're like tilted and stuff? Of,
1: no, you have to go oh. watch. There's so many different steps. It's like ton- it's it's crazy. You have to okay, go yeah, watch I don't it. Right? Know. So um, that was my first thing. I was like, you know what? Next year I'm going to learn how to shuffle dance come what may, doesn't matter what happens, I'm going to learn. And then I got my roller skates for Christmas, which um, I really was not expecting. And um, then I was like, no, now my goal is going to be to roller skate really well for, you know, that. And then I was like, I could dance on roller skates, (laughs) which I don't know what made me think that because I can't, (laughs) I just said I can't shuffle dance, like watching tutorials. I don't know what made me think I could skate on skates, but we're going to try it. You and I I have done a just dance dance before. I think you can do it. And I do you remember how I looked during that? It wasn't pretty. I wouldn't watch the videos back of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So, stay tuned for updates on roller skate dancing from Mandy. Do you want mine?
0: Okay. McDonald's, it's 2022. We need backup ice cream machines
1: oh my gosh yes and we know you can afford at mcdonald's
0: (laughs) we know you can do it i am there enough to keep one of your franchises completely open but (laughs) i went the other night to my hut like i was picking up my daughter and then my husband was like will you get me a mcflurry i was like sure so i go to this mcdonald's get a diet coke get a mcflurry they're like oh sorry our ice cream machine's down and i'm like okay so then i go to a second one and cause it's like, kind of, I'm just like, all right, I'll just do a loop and go there. Well, at this point now I'm wanting a McFlurry. So I ask them, they say, our ice cream machine's down. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So then I go to a third one. I am going to get a McFlurry. Like at this point, I need ice cream. Like my body is just craving yeah. it at this point, like out of <laughs> anger. <laughs> and I go and they say, we're not making them. And so I don't know, like, is this a time thing? Do they stop making them at a certain time or what's the deal? But I was so upset, but I, I think in 2022,
1: the way for world peace. Actually, this could bring world peace. This could. This could bring about world peace, Melissa. You might have cracked the code. Oh my gosh! Back up ice cream machines.
0: <laughs> we did it, guys! It doesn't matter we what else it. happens
1: in twenty twenty two. We
0: we have solved. We solved everything. <laughs> yeah, and so. <laughs> If you need additional content, we are on patreon.com slash moms and murder podcast. Uh, this year, apparently, we're going to show you how to clean toilets and uh, dance or escape. <laughs> <skate. laughs> Everyone's favorite content. Um, you can find us there. Um, and uh, my other show, Criminality, has new shows every other Friday. The last one was on Kimora Lee. If you remember her, Life in the Fab Lane. Kimora I don't. Lee. Oh, you know. <laughs> she was married to Russell Simmons. She's beautiful. This tall model. Oh, oh, I think God. I know who she is. Yes, you know who she is. So, yeah. okay. Anyway, it was on her. So, um, so there. Now you can learn about her. Uh, that's available. So that's it, Mandy. We did. Awesome. It. We're back we in
1: We are. All right, guys. Um, we will be back next week, same time, same place. New story. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks
0: so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode.